Welcome to episode 7 of the Baseball and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Melms. Today's guest is former college baseball player Jim Cavell. He is a three-time Inc. 5000 list winner. He's gone on to start several businesses after playing baseball. Uh, He currently runs the company Influencer. And in today's conversation, we spent most of the time talking not about his time on the field, but what he's done after. And he talked about his company that he's running, Influencer, and what they're doing in the sports world. And then he also really hit on how he believes current and former players can really take advantage of where they're at, regardless of of where that is. So I know you're going to enjoy today's conversation. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Jim. Oh, it's great to be here, Luke. I really appreciate you having me. No problem. Well, I'm really excited to get this recorded and have people have the opportunity to hear your story and and what you're up to now, obviously well beyond baseball. But as just a a starting point, I thought it would be really helpful for everyone to kind of start and work our way backwards. You've started a company called Influencer. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about why and how you started the company? Well, for me, Influencer really um, is a company I started because of my passion for two things sports and entrepreneurship. Um, They play a big part in my story. I'm from upstate New York originally and ended up all the way down in Alabama to play college baseball. And uh, really ever since college, I've been uh, creating and running my own businesses. And um, Influencer is my fourth company. It was created to um, really combat a problem that's becoming more real every day, which is the reality that we are leaving traditional media and our televisions to consume sports so that we can consume it on social media and our phones and on social people don't follow brands or teams as well as they follow people or athletes. And so that's turned really athletes into channels, but they're not content producers. And so with influencer, we give teams and other content producers a place where they can store all their content, whether it's pictures, videos, And then we allow them to build a database of individuals, uh, athletes that they want to deliver that content to. And we track what those athletes do with that content as far as where they share it, how many people it reaches, so that the content producer, the team, can really see the impact their content's having by giving access to the athletes. Um, And and so it's really been great because we've been able to um, really get a lot of traction at the college sports level, working with big brands like Kentucky and Duke and Auburn and Kansas and over 40 logos that we're serving more than a hundred teams with our platform to store their content and get it to their athletes and other brand ambassadors. And we're helping them reach millions of people and grow their followings by 50% or more. But we're also helping their athletes build a personal brand that will live well beyond sports. Uh, Because as you know, like it's temporary being an athlete, playing the game. And it's a platform that now is tangible because of social media. You can leverage it after the game is over. And that's really a big passion of mine because as I said at the beginning, sports and entrepreneurship are my two passions. And this business has helped bring them together. That's, I mean, that's a great summary of of what you're up to. I mean, as as far as, you know, what, what you see, I mean, 
you've had the chance to tell me a little bit about how the, the, the early beginnings of the company. I mean, for anyone that may aspire to start a company, obviously you've built multiple businesses. What do you think is really important as far as getting something off the ground, taking an idea and creating that just first step before you have something that's full scale that you're working with the amount of companies? Obviously, you didn't start with 40 different brands day one. No, tell the, maybe tell the, the, the short story of just getting that first client. Well, the important thing to realize if you're going to start a business is it's not really about the idea. The idea is yours, and it could be a really good one, but it's never what the market is going to teach you it should become. So what you need to do is, is you need to take your idea out to the market through any way you can, conversations with potential buyers of your idea to find out what they're already using, what their pain points are what a solution could look like to solve those pain points, um, building a, a, a demo or um, some sort of pilot version of, of what your product or service might be so that you can actually get it out there to the market and try to get somebody to actually write a check for it, which will show you that it's, it's a valuable enough problem that people want it solved because there's no doubt your, your solution at that point is going to be half-baked. And if somebody will still write a check for a half-baked product or idea, it means that there's really some legitimacy there. Um, but doing those kind of things to engage the marketplace is so important. I think people skip that a lot because they think their idea is so good, but they don't understand that they haven't found out what the market thinks about their idea. Um, and so for me, that journey looked like uh, in early 2017, I hired a, a web developer I knew who was uh, very successful at a high level um, worked at, for the government, the Canadian government uh, as a webmaster. And um, I said, you know, why don't, why don't you help me build out this uh, demo version of this product that I want to launch called Influencer? And uh, I paid him, you know, a minimal amount of money in the grand scheme of things to be able to put together what became a demo for the brand, you know, our look, our logo, our design, a website, but the actual product demo that I could show potential clients. And uh, took them a few weeks and I took that out on the road and started visiting the initial market I wanted to uh, survey this product against, which was college athletics. And I started just pitching it to schools like Vanderbilt, and Kentucky, and Syracuse, and Ohio State. And um, as I went out and started having conversations and asking a lot of questions and really trying to understand what already existed and what my product could become to solve the problems I saw in college sports, which is everything from um, athletes, you know, being crazy on their social media and, and schools not being able to monitor what they're doing in a way that can help them get in front of potential conflicts to um, athletes only hearing um, all the things not to do on social, but not being in, given any tools of what to do um, to uh, creative staff that, that shoot photos and videos being berated by athletes with requests for texts and emails of content um, and no efficient way to really deliver it to them to uh, you know, lack of tracking um, of what their athletes are doing and how it's impacting the program from an audience reach and branding perspective, let alone a recruiting perspective or um, even a, a strengthening of partnerships perspective with their apparel partner. Like all these things I found out through conversations. So to be able to get that feedback to the point where I could mold the product um, to a place where I could actually get a check written by our first client, which was the University of Kentucky Athletic Program, 
was really the key performance indicator that I set for myself um, in whether or not I was even going to launch the company. If Kentucky didn't sign in May of 2017, I wouldn't have then hired this developer and another um, engineer to actually build out the product, which we ended up launching in September of 2017. So um, I would really recommend that for any aspiring business owner is set some milestones along the way, some thresholds that you have to hit through market research, through developing your product so that you have an out if you don't get the validation from the market that you need um, around the problem and the solution you're creating, because it can save you a lot of pain. <laughs> and, and even if you have success, it's painful because entrepreneurship is a constant agony. It's a roller coaster, but it's a beautiful thing when you become comfortable with the uncomfortable and you bring in the people um, that you need to bring in to build a real business. But to get there, you got to hear from the marketplace enough to validate the problem and the solution you're trying to create. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great advice. Now, I guess just going back for you, really the, the roots of your entrepreneurship journey began as a student athlete. I mean, do you want to just share a little bit about how those initials, that initial seed was planted, what came of that and how that really led to what has all come after that? Well, I think, you know, college baseball is one of those things that, especially for me, I played Division Two. You know, I had a scholarship, but it's different than playing, you know, in the SEC, right? So, you know, just the, the work ethic and the discipline honed in baseball in general, no matter what level you play, just because it's a grind. It's 56 games, the college level, of course, it's 162 at the pro level. Um, and, you know, in Division Two a three-game weekend conference series isn't Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's just Saturday, Sunday, and you're playing a doubleheader. So, I mean, you're getting up at crazy hours to pull the tarp and take batting practice and eat and then go back and take infield. And you spent six hours before you even play game one, let alone the bag lunch you eat in between game one and two. And, uh, you know, after game two, it's been a 14 to 16-hour day. You're putting the tarp back on. You wake up the next morning and play again. And so when you live that life for four years playing college ball, I think you, you learn a lot that you can take into the real world. And of course, if you end up playing minor league ball, playing in small town, traveling on buses, playing hurt, hungover and whatever else guys play through, um, you know, I mean, it's just baseball is a great game to translate into business and your career because of the grind. And so I think for me, playing ball in college and starting a business around the off season was a balance that honed a skill and a, a muscle um, that I've really been able to leverage a lot as an entrepreneur. I think also um, just the failure part of baseball and the fact that you're good if you fail seven out of 10 times um, helps you become comfortable with the failure you're going to experience as an entrepreneur. You have way more quote unquote losses than wins, um, but you're going to learn from those losses. So you can get that next opportunity, that next at bat and know how to deal with that next pitch coming your way. And so a lot of analogies, a lot of connections um, and just correlation that I would say has contributed from my baseball career to, to what I've done as an entrepreneur. I think that's, that's great advice and just great insight. 
I mean, having the perspective that you have being a, a college, a former college baseball player and obviously starting multiple businesses, what, what advice would you share with someone who's listening that is still on the field, whether they're in college, whether they're playing the minors in the majors, what advice would you share to, to maximize the opportunity, the opportunity that they have on the field? Obviously that's, I think part of what influencer does, but even bigger than that, how do you, you know, what are maybe one or two, three points that, that you would share with, with them? Well, listen, I think for all athletes, not just baseball players, <clears throat> you tend to think the bigger you get, the further along you get, and you're, you're asking about pro players who get to the highest level. You think that everyone knows who you are. And I, I'm around, especially football and basketball guys at the college level, um, around a lot of guys who I think, I think they think everybody knows who they are because they've made it to, um, you know, the combine for the NFL or um, the NBA draft. And um, the reality is everybody doesn't know who you are, especially in football when you wear a helmet or in baseball where you're wearing a hat. Not everybody knows who you are. And um, the ability while you're quote unquote relevant in that sport and on that stage with that spotlight still on you, to go out of your way to go up to people that are at the same event you're at, at the same dinner you're at, at the same whatever um, setting and introduce yourself. And for some that do know you, it's gonna be really impressive. Wow, I can't believe that John Doe, I mean, what a ball player he is, took the time to come up to me as if I didn't know who he was. He introduced himself to me. We ended up having this great conversation. People, you do that, people are gonna remember you and you are gonna be relevant much longer after you play because you've taken the time to do that to all the different people you've come across during the years you were on that stage. And I think a lot of athletes probably wish they did that after they're done. Um, but not many embrace it while they're on the stage, while they're still playing. And I think doing that is going to create opportunities you wouldn't even think of that you will be able to leverage from this platform after you're done playing. I, I think that's, that's great advice. I mean, you're obviously having a lot of these conversations. So I think for everyone that, that's listening, that is still playing, I think these are, these are words definitely to take to heart. So if, if you could just kind of share with, with anyone that's listening, that's done playing, maybe, you know, maybe they are looking for an opportunity in business and their skill sets from, from playing, playing baseball and maybe with what they've done in business would be a good fit for what, what you're looking for. So let's you know, just share a little bit about some of the opportunities and, you know, tell them how they can, can go to your website and apply if, if this sounds like something that could be of interest to them. Yeah. So listen, the only way you can really build a scalable business is by building a real team. Um, and for me, learned that a lot in my last company, and made a lot of mistakes, but also went into this business with just the priority of building a team early. We have 13 people. Um, we're 16 months old as a company. So we've had good traction getting these 100 plus teams on board in our platform in the first 16 months. Um, and it's a mix of sales professionals who are um, finding and onboarding new clients, client success professionals who are doing client activations and support reporting product team of engineers who are constantly working to take our product to the next level. And then just an ops team that's helping me run this business day to day. 
And so really we're looking for, for, for professionals in all four of those categories. And uh, man, if that's you, I think the best way to start is to find me on LinkedIn um, and send me a note on what you really enjoyed about this podcast and what you um, think really makes you a good fit for a company like Influencer. You know, we exist to serve storytellers and we happen to be doing it right now in college sports and now we're starting to get into pro sports, but we're really built to go beyond sports altogether. And I'm really excited about where the future of this company goes as we help brands tell their story together with their brand ambassadors and really have more of an impact with the product and purpose and vision for their company through using a platform like ours. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Jim Caval. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you'll have it in the notes of the podcast. Also, you can go to jimcaval.com and send me a note through there and get to know me more. Um, but those are two great ways. And of course, you can always visit Influencer and fill out an inquiry there and get to know our product more. And that's just inflcr.com. All right, perfect. Well, I want to thank you again, Jim, for taking the time out of a busy schedule to make this a priority. And I think everyone that's listened to this has gotten a lot of value out of it. So that concludes everything that we have on the doc for episode seven. Thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you soon.